0: Hi, folks. Uh, no, no content warnings this week, uh, but a great interview coming up, uh, and I really enjoyed it, and I hope you will too. The other or next warning is that uh, we have a house full of animals: four cats, two dogs, twenty chickens. I mean, the chickens aren't in the house, but you know they make noise, and so there can be sudden animal noises occasionally, like with Sergey here, who's. Clearly, clearly intent on loving me right now. There is swearing, mostly at Sergey. That's fine. We swear. Sometimes we swear a lot. Probably not much this week. Just saying. But you have been warned. Again, hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 206. I am alone this week. Ursula's not feeling well today. It's fine. It's just, you know, upset tummy. She'll be better. By morning, I absolutely guarantee it. And if not, well, we'll figure it out. But it's not the COVID, and that's the important thing. Also of note is that, um, you know, it's it's hot. It's been really hot. And that drops some of our outdoor productivity, but that does mean that some of the more indoor things we do uh, get done. <laughs> um, the big thing was uh, we got a secondhand. Uh, love seat recliner yesterday and moving that in the heat of the evening because it takes a while to cool down was intense. And I won't say that isn't contributing to Ursula's unwellness. I know I am sore in places I forgot could get sore. So, you know, it's a thing. Otherwise, uh, our productivity continues apace. Ursula goes out. She does words. I work and I Continue to herd cats on a project at work. It is sometimes, you know, a little frustrating. It's a lot invigorating, and I am learning a lot of the other skills. Like, I have all of the technical stuff. I'm really improving my meeting skills, right? Running a meeting. Not like running a public speaking event meeting, or doing a crowd warm-up, which is a lot of the public speaking I've done in the past, or even like, you know, a tech talk. This is, it is completely different to be literally running a meeting and trying to make sure you get through things on time. And, and it, it's a real skill, and so it's something I am learning and working on improving pretty much all the time. But it's great, and I also got to write some really good code this last week, so I'm really happy about that. Uh, we have a holiday coming up here in the US <clears throat> excuse me uh, which means i have a 4 day weekend which is awesome and i plan on sleeping and probably recovering some from moving heavy objects in pieces and then reassembling them so yeah yeah that was that was a thing it's just not the same without ursula isn't it just just not the same anyway that's pretty much everything I've got for this week. No tangential discussions, nothing uh, too exciting going on right now, except it's summer and we're getting cucumbers and I think the tomatoes are almost ripe, and that's really cool. So with all that in mind, let's talk about our interview. I had a chance to sit down um, about two weeks ago, maybe a little longer, with Gerald Leonard. Gerald is awesome. Gerald is the author of Workplace Jazz and Culture is the Base. He is a jazz musician. He is a productivity consultant and expert. He has um, just all energy, absolutely fantastic. And I'm really excited to bring you this interview because I had a really good time. And it was a lot of fun, and I got a lot out of it, and I hope you get a lot out of it. So, without further ado, we'll be right back after this. here today with gerald leonard and i'm excited because gerald has written two great books on productivity and culture and all that good stuff and i'm just excited um gerald can you do a significantly better job introducing yourself <laughs> than i just did and uh, tell us more about
1: what you do okay uh, thanks so much so so much for having me uh kevin What I do is I help organizations who want to take their employees and make them more productive Mm -hmm. and take them to the next level and help them to increase productivity and do more and more every day while feeling less stressed out while they are able to accomplish more. And I use a number of principles as a professional basis and a certified business consultant in the areas of project program and portfolio management. Mm-hmm. I use the principles of productivity, workplace culture, neuroscience, and music to really develop processes and systems that I provide for my clients and and, and I have in my books that really teach you how to do a lot more in life and get a lot more done, um, really address your challenges, be very productive, and still have time to you know, clock off at five or six if you want, or to go on vacation or to spend time with your kids or do the things that you love to do and have a stress-free life, learning how to compartmentalize and work with the pressures that we feel, but being able to use the the neuroscience and the productivity tips and workplace culture tips that I've learned over the years.
0: Yeah, and and there is is something you, you just touched upon. You're a bassist. Yes. You, uh, now, uh, was that before or after you fell into project management?
1: That was before. I, 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 so my story with music is um, when I was a, a child, my uh, I was taking piano lessons, which I really didn't like. Right. Uh, but mom wanted me to take them. My older sister played piano. But my middle sister, I'm the youngest, my middle sister played guitar. Now, she really didn't want to play guitar. She had one. And so <laughs> I was fascinated by it. So I would sneak into her room and kind of grab the guitar and go sit in the closet because I was small enough and play it. And um, obviously you can't hide the sound. So one day she found me, you know, sneaking and playing the guitar. And her sisters would do it. She let me have it one way, you know, (laughs) in both ways. She just said, you know, I'm not going to play this thing so you can have it. And I'm going to let you have it because, you know, you took my guitar. But ever since then, I just fell in love with music and um i i just learned so much from just being a musician and i took a lot of the things that i learned as a musician into the business world right you know and that's a lot of what i write about in my books is how, I've, how growing up as a musician all of my my adult life or since i was you know 10 years old all those lessons um i realized i could transfer them into other areas like practicing like listening like collaboration uh, like win-win scenarios um constantly growing finding great coaches all these things you learn as a musician that your kids learn and and it's such, such so amazing so it really it, it gets under my go when i hear about schools that don't want to participate or they won't, don't want to support the ARCs oh, because yeah. our children learn so much there's so much that they gain from being a part of it cuz i know I, I i gain tons from being a part of it
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can sort of play piano. It's not great. But I did learn I, I think I learned a lot more. Um, uh, I did learn some about myself. Like, I do have a love of music. It's just I'm terrible at making it. But right. I, I have a greater appreciation for what goes into making it now.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it's interesting, though, I would encourage you to keep pushing yourself even if you like learn simple things and just find the things that you love to do that you enjoy mm-hmm. do those and then every once in a while push yourself to learn something new because what happens is there's two things that I write about in one of my books about um, meditation and you can only get this through meditation or being a musician and that is whole brain integration
0: oh yeah yeah and yeah, that's yeah. Really,
1: and that's where both of your hemispheres of your brain begin to work together and talk to each other. And, you know, it's almost like learning how to be in the zone when you're playing, you know, like playing sports, playing music, or whatever, you find yourself in the zone time kind of passes away and you're just totally focused and there. Well, that happens through learning to play an instrument. And they've even done research to figure out that even if you're not a professional musician, but you are an amateur and you practice, you will get that benefit. And the only other way to get that is to spend a lot of time meditating.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say I get the I can get the zone coding, writing code, uh, and you just you yeah. lose complete track of time. You're just there.
1: Well, it's interesting because I, you know, I transferred and and moved into the into the computer world mm-hmm. uh, later on in my career. And when I picked up the, my computer and really got to understand what was going on, it felt like picking up another instrument. And a lot of developers are mm-hmm. musicians. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, that is that is something I've I've seemed to notice with my current company is uh, we have, I think, well over 50 percent of our company is just engineering. Yeah, just engineering. And so many very talented musicians are uh, rolling around. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, you think about it. You think about how the brain works. Mm-hmm. You write code, you're writing symbols, but you're creating yeah. something that's used virtually. Well, when you're playing music, you're looking at notes, code then you turn it into something physical. And so there's a lot of the same parts of the brain that you use in mathematics and computers that you also use in music. Hence, Uh if you develop music, you also develop those other parts of the brain.
0: That is fascinating. Um, I'm going to have to let that one one sink in and percolate a little bit. That's that's just... You're blowing me away with that one. Um, So... Back on track. Back on track. Um, How do you yourself like stay productive?
1: Well, um, so I do a number of things. I've kind of mapped out my mornings, and really, mornings for me is a really big thing. Um, I'll be very um, open with you. I have a torn rotator cuff right now on my right shoulder, And um, and I was scheduled to have surgery. I had to reschedule it. And I've been having to learn how to deal with the pain. But but my long story short to being productive is I had to reassess things. And I also started doing, and I know a lot about the energy, um, like meridians and energy and acupuncture or pressure. That's what I would do. i uh, not really into the pins, but I do the uh, like the electrical needle or yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, the pressure points. But I started doing qigong, and just what I would do in the morning is I get up at around five. I'll do thirty minutes of qigong. I have a Peloton. I ride my bike. I study my scriptures. I have um, I've done something else called photo reading the program where you actually learn how to read books really fast. And you use your. it's based on whole brain learning and whole brain oh. knowledge. Um, and so I kind of have a routine in the morning that gets my day going. And I integrate throughout my day concepts like brain gyms, So brain gyms are. Physical exercises that you can do throughout the day that instead of having to drink tons of coffee and um, all those other energy drinks, I stop, do like a five minute uh, brain gym routine, and all my energy comes right back. Because, you know, we're like the power plant. We create energy. We don't have to go and get energy. If we know how our bodies work, we can actually rejigger our bodies to create energy. And so by Taking the lessons I've learned from project management, taking the lessons I've learned from music, which is practicing and those things, I kind of have a, a just a rhythm or a routine. And I'm pretty disciplined about it, but at the same time, I'm human and I'm flexible. If something comes up, I adjust. But those things have really helped me to be productive.
0: And I, I, I like that it's so often a routine and not a schedule. Um, right. Because it's certainly much more flexible than saying, no, at 9 a.m. I do X, at 10 a.m. I do Y. At 11 a.m. I start my meetings for the day, you know, because that leaves no room for, um, you know, the dog has to go out three times because she ate the wrong thing that day. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, or in my case, you know, the chickens are throwing a fit because it's um, because I haven't been out with the mealworms soon enough. Um <laughs> You know, I can't I can't look at the dog and say, I'm sorry, your times to go out are
1: exactly. Exactly. Now, now, I'll be honest. I do have my morning routine on my calendar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: I use it as a but I use it more as a guide and a checklist Mm -hmm. than beating myself up with it to feel guilty that if I didn't do it exactly the way I had it planned. Okay. So it's a reminder of what my morning routine is, but not a a a, guy, a constraint. To just, you know, to where, I, where it makes me feel guilty if I don't do it, because I realize that I'm human and I'm, I got to be flexible with things that happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the part yeah. of that is uh, I think um, many people have trouble forgiving themselves when they miss. Yeah. And it's yeah.
1: Because yeah. because we get become perfectionists and we think that if we, you know, if we're just perfect at it. And then, and then what happens is we stop enjoying the process becoming. Mm-hmm. And we get caught up in that, and then, then we stop doing it all together.
0: Yep. Yeah. Cool. Oh, what about your uh,
1: your calendar, right? Um, so, so what about my calendar? What do you mean?
0: Well, I was going to say um, that's a great segue into uh, systems. Habits find valuable.
1: Okay. Like systems that I use. Um, systems,
0: techniques, habits. You know, whether it's it's tech. You know, like I. Sort of for work, at least uh, I, I kind of have to rely on my calendar a lot to make sure I don't miss meetings. But yeah, um, yeah. You know, but I've also got like you know my my planner with my my daily habit tracker stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and so I have like um, I use Outlook, and I have I've mm-hmm. customized Outlook to where and if like I have one of the sheets here, um, and basically you know how an Outlook at the top and at the bottom of mm-hmm. a one-day page I'll, I'll just show you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah but what i've done is that my at the top i use all six areas at the, at the top and the bottom so there's three mm-hmm. areas at the top areas at the bottom so i have my calendar and i color code my calendar so basically i use the categories inside of outlook mm-hmm. so personal things are one color business meetings are another color reaching out meetings are another color you know, personal learning and development, medical things are another color. So I look at my calendar and it's a bunch of colors and I know you know I know when I have meetings, when I don't have meetings, and and I kind of print this out every morning and I know, okay, I'll highlight in red, you know, must have, must meet, must meet, must meet. Then I know the other one's a little flexible. Um so that kind of gets me there. And then I have like a to-do list. And sometimes I run my to-do list just with just a single to-do list or mm-hmm. I will use kind of like the um, seven habits concept where I have a, a works I have a um, idea of my roles. So I have two companies. And so I will put my companies and what they do. And I put my um, authoring and, and writing, um, music, various things that I do there. And then underneath, I'll put the one or two things that have to get done in that area. Sometimes I do that once a week. And then, I, then other times when I put out my daily calendar, I just put in what are my top priorities but in the six areas around my calendar, I have what are my top seven goals? And then in the middle, I have what are my, I call them my atomic habits. I don't know if you, know if you read the book, Atomic Habits. And so um, there, these are things that I try to do on a daily basis to turn them into habits, Okay. right? Where, where I wanna make sure that I do them, even if it's for five minutes or 10 minutes, because I want it to be like a daily habit because how do you move forward and write a book? Well, you don't write it at one time. You write one word at a time. You write 15 minutes a day or you write 30 minutes a day and you make it a habit so that by the time you're ready to write the next book, you already got a ton of stuff that you can pull from because you've gotten to the habit of writing. Um, Then over in the next column, I have, you know, what's important now and what are my values? So I list out what my values are to remind myself, hey, this is what I said is important to me in life. At the bottom, I have um, what are the five things I'm going to do on a daily basis to market my book, whether it's a social media post, make a phone call, talk to my PR uh, manager, you know, something that's going to move my, me marketing my book or whatever. Maybe on a podcast. Um, Be a podcast. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and then um and then in the middle I have at the bottom I have what books am I reading this week? Okay. And again, um I learned about this company called Learn Learning Strategies. And learning strategies, um this is a guy named Dr. Paul Seelig. He has developed doing his PhD, he wrote a book called a photo reading. And American Express hired him to, to teach their people how to do this because they were so inundated with material. Mm-hmm. But what he got into was this concept of whole brain, and so it kind of gets into neuroscience a little bit. Right, right, right. But, but what? But the idea is that our non-conscious and subconscious minds run most of our life, right? And they take in information much faster. So if you structure your reading to engage your non-conscious and subconscious mind first and then bubble up what you want to consciously know about the book. You can get through tons of books, much fast books, much faster than sitting there reading every single word of a book. And you go, what did I just read? I have no idea. And so so I, I keep track of that. And then I have the other section which is um my music. You know what what things am I doing musically and and um and so on. So I use that little process to kind of help me to be productive. And, you know, I have, uh, again, I use iPhone. I have apps on my iPhone that I use. Um, and so I'm very much into automating certain things and technology and so on and so forth. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, what was it? Now,
1: one of the things that I do as well mm-hmm. that, I, that I started doing a few years ago um And is to, uh, I write, I took some goals and I turned them into affirmations. And for the first year or so, I would write out my affirmations, listening to meditative music by hand every morning. And so they can be short statements, but by writing them out, one, you're imprinting them on your brain and on your subconscious. Listening to meditative music puts your brain in the alpha and theta wave state where your brain is much more in the learning mode and memorizing mode. So then throughout the day, I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to accomplish this goal? Where am I doing? And all these different ideas, because now I've, I've, I've impacted and highlighted my reticular activating system, which says, this is important to Gerald, go find out how to make it happen.
0: And, and it's interesting that, that is, that's actually a, a combination of, of, uh, anesthetic learning and, you know, um, Definitely, you know, getting your mind in the right place for what you're doing. And it's like combining three or four different things. That's that's really cool into. Holy crap, it's almost like a jazz composition, isn't it?
1: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's interesting is that and I I did a TEDx talk Mm -hmm. now the TEDx talk. There's a story behind the TEDx talk. And so long story short of the TEDx talk is. Six weeks before I'm to deliver my TEDx talk, Mm -hmm. I have a major bout with vertigo. Oh, no. Now, this wasn't the regular vertigo. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have vertigo. The room spins. You get sick. And then, you know, you go to the doctor. They do this thing to your head. And a couple days later, you're back to normal. Right. That wasn't me. Oh. I went through this thing. They had to call an ambulance. I was taken to the hospital by an ambulance they had to give me some medications to stop the vertigo because it wouldn't stop on its own. My eyes are going shifty back and forth vertically. Um, I spent a day and a half in the hospital. The doctor looks at me and goes, you need to see an ear, nose and throat specialist. I can't do the normal, you know, twist your your neck thing to get you back to normal. Come to find out it impacted my right inner ear nerve by 86%. In other words, I only had 14% capability in my right inner ear nerve and it wiped out my vestibular system, which is how you balance. Yep. So I came home six weeks before my TEDx talk with a walker unable to walk. Oh God. <laughs> so I'm sitting, I'm laying in bed. I can't look at my laptop. I can't mm-hmm. listen. I mean, I just have something on the background, but I really can't listen to it. I feel like I'm on a big ship with a mic with, with a concussion. And again, if I get up to try to walk, I got to grab a walker and, and use that because I can't bounce by myself. And I'm laying there thinking about how am I going to do this TEDx talk. I my, my first, I didn't think I'm not going to do it. I thought, how am I going to do it? Right, right. And I sat there and I realized, okay, I'm a musician, and my talk is about the you know, what if practices performance, the neuroscience of practicing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I learned was from one of the books I researched, Doctor. Uh, the Simmons wrote in a book, uh, "The Mind That Changes, the Brain That Changes Itself," that if you have a brain injury and you have musical talent or whatever, or you have a specific talent, you can begin to use that talent, and it forces the brain to start working in a way that it will reorganize, right, and work around, use other networks and work around that block. So as soon as I could, I hobbled over, to, you know, to my office, which was next to my bedroom, right. I picked up my bass, and I played for an hour. Okay. Got the walker back, went back to bed. The next morning, I got up, and I felt different. I was able to hold on to the walls. I didn't need the walker. Hmm. I went back to my room, (laughs) played for two more hours. (laughs) Within a day or so, I am playing my bass, and I'm slowly now I can walk downstairs. The next day, I can walk to the mailbox. The next day, I can walk to the front of the house. And this walking is literally consciously thinking right foot, left foot, like a little bit mm-hmm. like an infant. I mm-hmm. couldn't walk unconsciously. Like, we just kind of get up and just walk and don't even think about it. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, yeah. do that. I had to literally reprogram my brain. But I, by doing that, by pushing myself to walk and playing music, it literally, by the time I got to my ear, nose, and throat doctor, had rewired my brain that I was able to walk in unassisted yeah yeah and then they had me go through brain gyms or or physical activities for for like Mm -hmm. neural um, physiology types kind of stuff and that's when it really hit me and dawned on me the power of brain gyms and these little body movements that will rewire your brain and six weeks later Mm -hmm. i was on stage and i delivered my tedx talk and at the end of it i played a song that i wrote called vertigo (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing um because yeah that's I, I was gonna say um i've done some research on strokes right and part of what happens with the stroke is it cuts off like the pathways and so yeah. uh, you know a lot of the the of uh, brain injury is actually rerouting and reestablishing those pathways and and if there's a better way or a more expressive way than nope, you're going to get up and do two hours of PT every day. Um, then I'm all for it.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And in fact, the doctor told me he said if I wasn't a musician, um, I would have had to go that route of you know PT just all the time, and it would have taken me a year or two to kind of right. get back to where I was. But because of how music activates and what it does to the body and how it activates the brain. Um, that I was able to use the gift that I had been given of music to, to help heal myself with God's grace.
0: Yep. Excuse me for just one second.
1: No problem. We have cats
0: and dogs and, uh, and they, they interrupt and Sergey, I can't feed you right now. Come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. With all that going on, this is how we distract him so that I don't have to get out the spray bottle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, normally this is the place where I'd say, um, you know, what does like a typical day look like? What, uh, you know, how do you decide what to do first on a given day? You've really covered most of that already.
1: Yeah. I don't have typical days, (laughs) 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 but you've got your routine and that's the important bit. I I, I got a routine and, um, and you know, again, uh, my companies are a consulting practice Mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm doing work with. Um, you know, large um, state and federal agencies as well as um, uh, companies like MasterCard and others, and I have a a team, and so, you know, the CEO of that company, and then I have a company, uh, that company is called Turnberry Premier, and then I have a company called Leonard Productivity Intelligence, which is an online magazine, and and I use that to write my books, the music that I write, uh, I'm published. I put it out underneath that brand, as well as an um, an online course uh, that teaches a lot of the concepts that I'm talking about now, but it teaches right. them in the sense of how do you move forward, understand the principles of neuroscience, so that you can really get a lot more done, but also be a lot more in control and relaxed, and not just overwhelmed by everything that's coming at you, but by learning how to adjust because there's yeah. there's so much that that um, I think folks need to learn about uh, or you can learn about when it comes to how to maximize, you know, what we've, the gift we've been given, which is our brain, not just using our conscious mind, but actually using our subconscious and our non-conscious mind. Yeah.
0: Cool. And then of course, at some point you finish working and then, um, do you have a daily wind down routine or anything like that?
1: Um, not really. I don't <laughs> because, because the reason I say that is what I get to do, I've I've been fortunate enough to combine my love of music with you know, I've always been a kind of a proactive and productive kind of person. Um I love reading, I would do it as a hobby, I would play music as a hobby. So it's kinda like I wake up and what I get to do all day long are things that I would do for a hobby. <laughs> So, that's, so so so. How do you yeah. wind down? You know, yeah. so so it's hard to wind down from your hobbies because what do I do? You only know, you go do another hobby, right? And I can't go hit golf balls right now because of my shoulder. Yeah. So you know, I'll read a book or I'll watch a little bit of you know TV. Try not to watch too too much news, but uh, stay positive. But yep. um, and when I could, I'll play some music or do I ride my bike or do something else. But you know. So I kind of it's 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 who I am. It's kind of like what I do during the day as with my job and work is kind of who I am as a person, and then, and that and that's kind of how I write my books, to where it's like it's just authentically who I am. You know, I'm a musician, I'm this consultant. I love to talk about neuroscience. I love to talk about productivity. I love helping companies with their culture, and that's just, well.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, cool. All right. Are you ready for uh, the fun questions? Sure. All right. Um, the first of those is: What is the best advice you've been given, and/or what's the best advice you would give someone?
1: Okay. So the best advice I've been uh, there were two things that were given as my best advice. Mm-hmm. The first one was to be a lifelong learner. Never stop learning. Um. Because when we get on this journey, and you, and here's how you learn from two things. It's either the books that you read or the people that you meet. Um, and so by, by reading books, you actually are getting into the, the mindset and the energy of the author. Because mm-hmm. he's basically done tons of research to give you all these nice little gems. And by reading his material, you're getting into his head. So the best way to get outside of your head or get outside the box is to get into somebody else's. So reading, and then uh, you know when when it's possible. Obviously, it's not been possible in the last few years, couple of years or so, a year with everything going on. But I love traveling. Or I love meeting people. I love networking. So you know, I've been doing a lot of virtual networking and just yeah. meeting yeah. other people or attending some webinars, and then I'll follow up and reach out and do like a virtual coffee like this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just to get to know people. Uh, even over Zoom, and it just expands your horizon. Oh yeah. Of oh, 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 so oh, yeah. that's those are so that's one that's one of them. The second one, I said it was two. The second yep. one was I'm trying to remember what that second one was. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> I got so caught up in the first one. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, it was it was from a consultant who was a friend of mine that said write a book.
0: Ah uh, okay.
1: <laughs> and he was he was a he was a really good consultant, uh, a really authority and insight, uh, very humble guy. And he was teaching a, a class at a college. Hit one of his courses at a at a college, mm-hmm. um, and we met for lunch. And he was like, "Go, go you got to write a book." And he had written seven, and he's probably working on his eighth or ninth at this point. But <laughs> it was one of the best pieces of advice that was given to me because it forced me to think through what I know okay. and to codify it and write it down. Because mm-hmm. once you do that, you synthesize a lot of things that you know, mm-hmm. and it really helps you to um, to share that information. And obviously for my clients and others, it, it, then you're presented as an authority because you've actually spent time researching and putting the material together. So it takes your game to another level.
0: Certainly better than having four years of podcasts to say I know what I'm talking about. Look at all this stuff. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> takes about the same amount of time though.
1: Yeah, it does take. But but uh, put it this way, you got a lot of content to turn into books. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
0: Um, and the credits, you know, here are my thanks too. You know, all
1: the <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, all right, so we've got two questions left. Okay. And and so I, I like to go out on a happy note. So we're going to go with the, and I'm putting this in air quotes, sad but easy question first. Okay. Um, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal?
1: Okay, how do I deal with failure and miss a goal? Mm-hmm. Um, I turned the I turned the failure or missing of a goal into a verb and not a noun. Okay. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, when you when you have a goal that you're trying to reach and you don't make it or or, you know, you're able to hit it. I look at it as a learning opportunity that, okay, I just don't either. I didn't make it because I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. I don't have the right message, the right medium, the right modes. Uh, I'm still learning and trying to figure this out. So it, it's 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 more of a learning and not a failure. Um, okay. The other part of it, it is just a flat failure, you know, because we have those as well.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And I have to look at it and go, okay, that situation happened under that circumstance. That situation and that circumstance doesn't define me as that person. It was a thing. It was a thing that happened. In other words, it was a verb. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like failing yeah. is OK. So I failed at something. That's a verb. I'm a failure becomes a noun.
0: Right. right, right.
1: Our, our language is really important because our language impacts our physiology and our language impacts the neurochemicals that our brain produces. If I say this is a this was a failure and I'm learning, then. That makes me curious. So now my brain starts producing oxytocin, dopamine and serotonin. Mm -hmm. If I say I'm a failure and I feel bad, my brain starts producing cortisol and adrenaline and other depressive drugs and I feel horrible. Yes. And it it impacts my digestive system. I don't sleep well. All those negative things is just Mm -hmm. a chemical reaction of a bad thought. So I'm very careful with my language. And I'm very careful with my thoughts.
0: all right, other side of the coin yep yeah. the
1: the happy question okay.
0: Right. Do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how
1: um I do celebrate my successes um if it's a um, If it's a small success, it may be um, going out to dinner, buying something that I, that I like. Um if it's a big success, it may be getting me a new toy. Um you know, something that, again, something that I like. If it's um if it's a like it's just a regular everyday man, I got that done. It's mm-hmm. it's um you know, I, I, I keep track of, you know, my, my goals and accomplishments. Um I have on my board and on my office door in the back of me I have uh, a Kanban board. So I take that concept of agile into my personal life and I have like usually seven things that are in whip work in progress. Yeah. And when it's done, I, you know, I just, the simple act of taking that sticky note and putting it in the done column and scratching <laughs> it off that dude, that present, presents me with some adrenaline, not adrenaline, but with dopamine mm-hmm. and it's a dopamine hit. And it's like, woo-hoo, you know, I've, 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 I've made, I've made progress Plus, every day I pass it, I see what's in what's in backlog, what I'm mm-hmm. working on, and I can also see what I actually have done. So if I start feeling like, "Am I really getting anything done?" I can look in the done column. And says I did do those things. Look yeah. what I've done. Oh, yeah. I'll just keep going. Yeah. And so you know, you, 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 I measure the the reward on, you know, uh, on the impact of the, or how big it is. And
0: I, I find it interesting, like, we use digital Kanbans all the time now, I think. Yeah. I think everybody does it. But there still is something very different from, you know, either dragging and dropping it from in progress to done or clicking the done button and having it appear in the column. There's there's still something about that physicality of moving a, a physical thing from one column to the other. Right. Like, yeah, I keep a little um, magnetic... Uh, there's a there's a company uh, that does these products called Movers. Okay. Little ma- little magnetic things and yeah. uh, here, let me show you. Well, there we go. So this is this the sticky note version, but I keep. Okay. I, yeah. 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 Okay. So I got this little physical can band with these little magnetic pieces that I can move around. That I just yeah. keep above my desk. That's my work tracking thing. And there's yep. just that extra feeling of, okay, I've closed the ticket for work and there's that, but that extra bit of, I can move this to the done column now. Yeah. Well,
1: it's the, it's the, yeah. it's the body, mind connection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's why, you know, um, um, one of the things that I've, I've discovered that this is a tech tip. Um, I think it's called Neo. It is a, uh, a app on my iPad that mm-hmm. allows me to write, by hand. And if I tap it, it turns into print. OK. Right. And so I love taking notes by hand because that the const the idea of taking a physical pen and writing the words and drawing the letters. What happens, it, it moves the, the neurons closer in your brain to remembering what you you're writing. That's why you say that's why when people say um, um, I need to remember that, let me write it down. Well, why do you why well, why can't you just remember without writing it down? That physical that physical action actually changes your brain state and moves neurons that are related to that activity closer together. So the physiology of grabbing that comborn sticky note, putting it on the uh, on the dung column, mm-hmm. scratching it out done, that gives you a physical and a neurological release, and you know the good hormones. No chemicals.
0: Yeah, no, I'm. I'm I, I am definitely one of those people who is who who remembers things better by writing them down.
1: Right. We all are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, we all are.
0: I was going to say, my wife has ADHD, so maybe not so much in her case. The writing <laughs> down is much more of a. If I write it down, I'll be able to find it again later. So,
1: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, no. I, I, I always take physical notes during the interviews. Um, partly because it helps me remember it better, and partly because no one wants to hear me pounding on the keyboard as I'm taking notes in the middle of an interview. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's everything. Excellent. Um, yeah. So, all right. You've you've alluded to the books. We've we've done some briefing Tell me about the.
1: Okay, so so the first book, uh, culture is the Bass, yep. uh, that was written back around 2016, and that came around that time. The song came out all about that bass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had I formulated the idea, and um and was had taken a workshop with a gentleman named Willie Jolly, who's uh, uh one of the top five speakers in uh, NSA, and with Toastmasters, and him and his wife, and he was also a jazz musician. And they, they really just kind of helped me to to mm-hmm. codify my idea. And here's a you know a tip, you know again when you're trying to do something like that, go outside of yourself, because right. if you're inside the picture, you can't. If you're inside the frame, you can't see the picture. Mm-hmm. You need somebody else to kind of help you to see it. And um, and so by that and doing a lot of research, I was able to kind of come up with that. And I wrote it based on work I was doing with one of my clients, which is a very large um, Department of Transportation agency state agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was how we worked together that and created this culture that we already get a lot of things done in an environment where a, a company previous to us came in and couldn't. And the only thing that was different between the skill set and the technology mm-hmm. was our approach and how we handled the, the, their organizational culture.
0: Okay. Yeah. And
1: so that's the idea that culture is the base. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all great music has a great baseline and all great companies and organizations have a great culture. And then Workplace Jazz came when I was still at the same age. They're still one of my clients. <laughs> that one came from you know, working and uh, meeting a lot of different musicians mm-hmm. and kind of wanting to write a second book. And I started working with a literary agent. So after my first book, I actually uh, was discovered by a literary agent. So signed up with a literary agent, yep. and we chatted about it. And actually, the the, the the name of the book came from him because I had a different name for it. And he looked at me. and goes, "You're like this. You're this musician. You're this bass player." This he goes, "What about workplace jazz?" I was like, "I like that." Yeah. And everybody I've shared it with, they just they love the concept. So I've actually gotten the logo behind me trademark, mm-hmm. and I've just ran with it. And um, my publisher now, Business Expert Press, they love the book. Is actually turning into an app as well, um, and I wrote a song that that um, that my my Uh, music producer. And I had um, um, Phil Perry, the the R&B Hall of Fame singer is uh, singing on that, that song as well. And so it's the whole idea behind that one is jazz musicians have a way of developing a high performing team. That's natural. (laughs) Let's say you got these three or four guys who are playing in this band and they're all playing different instruments, but they all work on their instruments. They're all specialists mm-hmm. in what they do. But when they come together, they have a single vision. They have to listen to each other. They have to be open to feedback. They have to surrender to support each other. They have to have aspirin. So you got all oh, these yeah, different yeah. models. So, so what I did was I took everything I thought about that I've experienced as a musician, did some more research around it, and then came up with a nine-step framework that says, Hey, these are the things that musicians do naturally. That if you learn right, to right. do them as well, you can build a high-performing team and have that emotional connection that musicians have when they're playing. When you're sitting there just, you know, eyed listening to your favorite band, wondering how are they doing that, um, you can do the same thing and have a have that work at your within your work environment.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Um, I I think about. And suddenly, I can't remember the name of the musician, and it's killing me. Um, But he did, uh, he was pianist, jazz pianist. Um, I want to say Epistology was like the track, and now I can't remember his name. It's killing me. Um, But...
1: um, Was it it Freddie Herbert or... or, um... Or was it? Um, he just passed away recently. Um, Chick Corea. Further back. Further back. Further back. Yeah. Bud Powell. Um,
0: Felonius Th- Monk. Monk. Felonius Monk. There it is. There it is. Um, and uh, they they had unearthed some some old recordings of Felonius yeah. Monk at like Carnegie Hall that they thought were lost forever. And yeah. And there's, but there's a, a um, uh, there's this synergy that builds up. I hate using that word, but it's true. Yeah. Um, because, like, you rehearse and you rehearse, but every single performance is different. But it's because, but because you're all working in harmony, you can do that.
1: Yes. Right? Yeah, and you're in tune. It's it's like, mm-hmm. it, it. music provides us with a spiritual, the ability to have a spiritual connection and communicate mm-hmm. at like a whole, whole different level. It's almost like we're communicating, like there's a part of you that communicates consciously, Yep. but there's also a part of us that communicates subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And when we're in agreement, you know, uh, one of the things that I've done is, is uh, certification in, in conversational intelligence, which is what's the neuroscience behind when we communicate mm-hmm. with each other? Right. and a big part of that is when we are in that kind of environment and we are supporting and encouraging and you know um synergetic if you will our brains begin to synchronize right and even and so that's when you see musicians they're not even looking at each other and one slows down other ones slow down automatically mm-hmm. because it's almost like their brains have now become it's like their brains are talking to each other and they don't even know it because it's happening non-consciously, and you can see, I mean, just watch any great concert and watch the musicians when things begin to change and flow back and forth. All of this is happening, and these guys have their eyes closed looking away from each other, but they've so, they're they so connected that that happens. And, you know, my, my my one of my goals is to help organizations realize that mm-hmm. you can almost create that insane environment by developing these same principles within your organization.
0: Yeah, I, I remember um, many, many years ago I was a Smashing Pumpkins concert Okay And, you know, they do I, I am so excited that concerts are starting back up Because I yeah. missed it um, But uh, um, they did all the hits And then they, you know, all the stuff from the past albums And then the first encore, this is how long ago it was Was um, uh, the big hit at the time, 1978 so this is the melancholy and the infinite sadness era. That's how long ago it was. And um, after that, when they they came back for a second encore, but everybody heard that most people had heard the song they wanted to hear and had started to leave. But the band just got up there and jammed like not anything they had done on albums. Just sort of a we're going to play now, and that may have been one of the most amazing experiences because yeah, there was. Definitely, this harmony and this intercommunication that was happening between the members of the band, right. without having to like, like yeah, they don't have to look at each other. They don't have to really, um, you know, the, the communication is happening at the level of the music, not at, at
1: necessarily exactly. Level. Exactly. There's no, there's no guidelines. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, framework. It's just. We're gonna just experiment and have fun. Yep. And you listen to me think, somebody wrote that down. It had to be that had to be orchestrated and figured and it wasn't. It was just them being in sync to follow the, mm-hmm. the, the that spirit of music and communicate at the level of music.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anytime I get a chance to see a, a band just noodling around, it's yeah. always an amazing experience because you know, they're they're just exploring and interacting without having without the pressure of we have to get a single out we have to get this performance done we have to yeah
1: Exactly yeah. exactly
0: All right um that is just about everything uh, our last thing is um, do you have a charity you would like us to tell our listeners to support
1: Yes Kiva K I V A kiva.org um I I join Kiva I think it was either two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. After I read a book, and they in the book mentioned Kiva, so I looked them up, and I and it, and it just you know for lack of a better word melted my heart from a standpoint of seeing, you know, and I had traveled internationally before. I went to the mm-hmm. Philippines, and I, had, you know, you, you 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 go to a country like that, and you go to different neighborhoods, and you're like. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no poor neighborhoods in America. <laughs> well, no matter how bad they are, when you see something, when you see something like that, yeah, yeah, and they got yeah. you know sheds over the, with sheds over their houses with bricks holding it down, and that's their whole house. Ten people live in this one room in the dirt floor. You know, just just all those things that 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 are like that. And I started, you know, just once a month, you know, giving the minimum donation. And then over time, over the number of years, it's built up to mm-hmm. a significant sum. But I never take it out. I just keep lending it. Right. And, you know, let's say every three or four months I go in my account and I, I go and find, you know, various groups around the world, Asia, Africa, South America, you know. And they're, these are people who are not saying, just give me a handout. They're saying, I'm trying to make things happen in my own life. I just need a microloan. Right. to help me and you know i don't care if the money comes back or not because you know I'm, I'm interested in just helping that person and i remember when i first started my own company with the fear of how hey, am i am gonna make it and, you know i got bills blah 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 and i went into my kiva environment and made a bunch of loans and by the time i read everybody's stories i walked out of that experience saying i don't have a problem right you know i gotta go find some clients i gotta go do this i gotta do that but in comparison to what these people are going through, I don't have problems. And so it's really just been a way for me to stay grounded, but a way to give back and to re- to help others who are trying to help themselves.
0: That is absolutely awesome. So, um cool. Uh thank you, Oh, Thank, well, thank you, you so much, you know. And yes. if you, when your next book comes out and you want to come back, just just drop me a note. We'll make it happen.
1: Well, I'm, I'm looking. For, I'm looking to probably put something out in 2022. Cool. Uh, I'm still working on the concept right now. It's called Productivity Intelligence,
0: <laughs> and but I'm
1: also also kind of playing with the idea of turning the workplace jazz into a series of books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm working with my agent on that, and my publisher and my uh, PR firm and my publisher. But um, but yeah, there's a there's a website, Productivity Intelligence Institute, where I'm writing a number of articles around this very topic that we're talking about mm-hmm. and, um, and promoting that. And some of the things that I've shared about whole brain learning, I'm talking about on there as well.
0: And that, that reminds me there was one thing I forgot to ask. And that is where do we find you online?
1: Productivity you know, is for sure. Yes. <laughs> I would say if you go to Gerald J. Mm-hmm. That's my main, that's my main personal website. I have a bunch of other ones, but that's that one, everything is linked to that one. Oh.
0: So, yeah. Um, that is absolutely awesome. And uh, I, I cannot wait to. Uh,
1: Excellent. To, to well, Kevin, thanks the, so much. I really appreciate the conversation.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, no, I thank you for, for taking the time out to talk to us today.
1: No problem. And, glad to be here.
0: And uh, for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. I had a great time talking to Leonard. I hope you had a great time listening to that conversation because it was just fantastic. Um, Hello, Orange Cat. I have an Orange Cat on my desk now. And as with all of my meetings today, she has decided that now is the absolute most important time to get love. That has absolutely nothing to do with our badge code for this week. Our badge code this week is in fact Workplace Jazz, and this is a fantastic book, and I'm really enjoying it. I've, I've started on it. It's really good, and I hope uh, those of you who check it out get as much enjoyment out of it as I am getting right now. So yeah, Workplace Jazz, all one word. That is our badge code for the week. And then... While you're on productivityalchemy.com looking at the badge how-to and maybe entering Workplace Jazz into that little box that says enter badge code here, you're going to see a link that says uh, support. And it'll talk about, you know, joining a Patreon and maybe buying me a coffee or something like that. Don't. You don't have to. Just share this with your friends. Recommend people uh, sign up for interviews. Share, like, do all that stuff, but don't give us money. Like Gerald said, um, take some money, make some microloans over at kiva.org, and then when those come back, take that same money and put it into more microloans, and let's make the world a better place and help out some people who want to improve things and are not just straight up looking for handouts. I mean, it sounds weird to say it that way. There's nothing wrong with that. But these are people who have businesses who want to start their businesses, who want to improve their lives. And so Kiva.org is the place. Um, so yeah, take the five or $10 or, or whatever it is that you were going to give us over the course of the next six months um, and invest in somebody's future. Right. And if they pay you back, great. Take that and invest it in somebody else's future. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Right. Um, so that's it for this week. We are going to be back next week. Uh, next week is a letter show. Uh, I know it seems weird, but this is, it's, this is releasing on July 1st. So it, it seems like it's been a really short amount of time since the last letter show, but it'll, it'll even out. It'll even out. Um, so we will do that and we will be back next week. And if you have any letters, you can put them in the comment form. You can email them to kevin at sunny.com. Uh, you can, you know, put an info dump in a Twitter direct message, w- whatever. Uh, and I will, you know, add it to the list. And that's that. So thank you all for listening. Um, I hope you are enjoying whatever season it is in your part of the world and do your best, folks, to, um, Stay productive.